Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. Welcome back. If you're new here, thanks for tuning in. We do podcasts bi-weekly around here. One reason being I'm a homeschool mom and I have three kids under five, so I stay busy with that above this. Another reason being we want these podcasts to be manageable for you. Our vision for House to Home is, you guessed it, the home. And we know things can get kind of busy or even a little crazy at times. And we assume that you're listening to other podcasts, not just our podcast. So by doing these bi-weekly, we're hoping that it's more manageable for our listeners as well. And today is part three on a series of rhythms. So we've been talking about daily rhythms and we've had two parts on that. And now we are moving right along to weekly rhythms and we will have two parts on this as well. Today, I wanted to touch on weekly rhythms as a whole. And then on the next episode, I'm going to have my pastor on for an interview regarding the weekly Sabbath. So I just want to jump right into some weekly tips and pointers, and then we'll kind of move on to the meat of the subject, I would say. So you can think of these first few moments as sort of a little appetizer on weekly rhythms. So our weeks here in the Scroggins household look like this. Monday through Thursday, my husband goes to work. We actually have a three-day weekend every weekend because he has Friday through Sunday off. So Monday through Thursday, he is at work, and we being me and my children, are doing school at home. So my main focus during Monday through Thursday is teaching and loving my children. I juggle homeschool and house duties like probably many of our listeners do. And I have one tip for you if you are a homeschool mom or just a stay-at-home mom in general, and that's just to be upfront with people about your busy schedule. And I think that it's good to just be honest with those people and kindly tell them that you have kids Um, that you're doing homeschool with or that you have a schedule that you have napping babies whatever it may be just because you're at home doesn't mean you're not busy maybe you work from home and even if you don't work from home at um, a business or have a career your home is your job and it's important and I know as a stay-at-home mom there are many things that you may be busy with Give people times that will work or simply ask them to call or plan ahead just be open with them and be approachable I know that it can be hard sometimes to be confrontational with people, but most of the time people take this okay, especially if they're looking not only to their interests, but to your interests as well. And a lot of times people just don't realize if they're not a stay-at-home mom or they never were, or they have a job outside of the home or they don't homeschool or they don't have young children, um, sometimes they forget what that season is like, or sometimes they just genuinely do not know. And so it's good to just be kindly approachable and upfront with these people because I know how frustrating it can be when people want to drop in or want to make dates all the time and you're constantly having to tell them no. So again, just kind of lay it out there. Say, I can do play dates on this day. You know, just call ahead and let me know and maybe we can plan something. Okay, so that's just a little side pointer because I've had lots of people talk to me about that and again, I know it can be frustrating at times. So that's our Monday through Thursday. Friday through Sunday, Mason is off, like I said, and we have those days as family days, errand days, trips, but then we leave Sunday devoted to church, and that's a full day for us because 
pretty much from morning to evening. We're planning for church, thinking about church, going to church. Sunday's just a full day for us. And when we're not at church, we are resting. We are spending time as a family together. And we'll talk more about this on the Sabbath podcast. But that's kind of what our weeks look like here in the Scroggins household. Your weeks are going to look different. Just like how I talked in the daily rhythm, your daily rhythm is going to look different than my daily rhythm. But I kind of wanted to give you a... Um, platform to stand on when I'm talking about the rhythm you can kind of see okay this is what they do in their home and then maybe maybe you haven't really even thought about your week as a whole maybe you just kind of go through the motions and you're not even sure you haven't even looked at the consistencies or the non-consistencies and so maybe you can look at your week there's so much we could talk about when it comes to weeks but I have four to talk about for our listeners first one being non-negotiables In regards to weekly rhythm, I think it's a good exercise to sort of do what I encouraged our listeners to do with the daily rhythms. Make a mental or a physical note of the non-negotiables. I like writing these down because visually it helps me to see them and I can see my week in a way that I can't by just thinking upon it. Plus, if you desire to be more organized, then it's something that you can keep or you can even post if you want. And again, what do you want to add to that. So maybe you have non-negotiables that you think shouldn't be non-negotiables. Again, like when we were speaking of daily rhythms, maybe you drink your coffee every day, but you don't want to do that. You want to change that. So maybe on Mondays you do this every Monday, but maybe you want to change that. Maybe you want to incorporate family worship. Maybe you want to honor the Sabbath more. Maybe you want to have a family day. Maybe you want to be more scheduled and structured with your homeschool. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you need to loosen up some. So think about your non-negotiables, the things that you're doing from Sunday to Sunday. What do you want to add and what do you want to throw out or change? And then from there, maybe you can pick a day each week to sort of plan the week ahead. So I talked about this in our daily rhythm podcast as well. I encouraged you guys to just be one day ahead. Um... If you're not a huge planner and you don't want to plan out your weeks, that's fine, but just be one day ahead was my tip. But if you do want to plan out your weeks, maybe you can pick a day of the week. My day is normally Monday, and on Mondays, I just get out my planners and my calendars, and I go over the week that is to come. So from Monday to Sunday, I will go over what do we have on our calendar? Do we have hospitality coming up? Do we have play dates? Do I need to do certain things in homeschool? Does my husband have meetings? Is there anything different in our schedule? And I just go over this. And I don't make the family sit down around the table and make this a long, drawn-out, boring process. I'll vox my husband or I'll text him or just chat with him and you know, in the evening and say, hey, what do you have for this week or how do you feel about this? And then I'll write it down. And I try to do that on Mondays. So maybe picking a day of the week will help you plan your week out. And then week by week, you can just kind of think, okay, this is what I have in the coming week. It's written down. Again, you're visually seeing it and it makes it easier for you to plan and be prepared. Second tip is multitasking and layering. My husband pointed this out and we both do this and it's a very good tip I think to add in. So my husband's example was he is preaching through the book of Philippians right now and because he can preach this book or even this sermon in different places he is multitasking in a sense or he's layering things in a way that it makes it easier for him in his weeks. 
So for example, he preached um, the same sermon at two different churches. So he's preaching at a church down in Illinois, and then he's also preaching at our church here and there too for his pastoral internship. He had a message that he could preach at both places. That way he's not preparing two different messages in a week's time because on top of a job and seminary and family life, that would be way too much to do. So he is preaching this message at two different places, same message, two places, and also he was able to use that in seminary. So he had to, I'm not exactly sure the details, he had to write up a sermon basically or a sermon outline. And he did all of that on this same sermon in Philippians, the same passage. So he was layering this. So that's an example for him. An example for me would be cooking and meal planning. If I'm going to have my husband barbecue some chicken, that's what we did this week. We barbecued, gosh, two, four, six, I think six or more chicken breasts. I had him grill all of it. We weren't going to eat all of that in one night, but I had him grill all of it. And then the next day I cut up the rest of the chicken and I added it into a rice and veggies and barbecue chicken mix. Or I will cook a huge amount of something on Saturday night if we're having fellowship meal for Sunday the next day and then I'll just bring that to Sunday's fellowship meal so I'm not cooking multiple things or I will cook a huge amount of food even though we're not going to eat it and then I'll put the rest of it away in the freezer if it's something that is easily frozen. I hear a lot of people say well you know my family's big we eat a lot it's hard for me to um you know make enough food for leftovers or to free stuff but that's just simply not true you can always make more food we are big eaters here i'm sure there are lots of listeners that have bigger families but we're pretty big eaters here and i know about how much our family will eat and i will just make more get more and make more it may mean that you're making a huge amount of food at one time but if you're wanting to save it for a fellowship meal or use the meat for the meal the next night like I did with the barbecue chicken or um, freeze some stuff then it pays off in the long run and you can invest in some bigger pots and pans one of the best gifts that I've gotten was a Pampered Chef pan, so it's non-toxic, and it's huge. And now that I've been using it for so long, and I make so much food in it, I'm like, you know, I, when I got this, it was humongous, and I thought, I will never use this. It's way too big. I don't need a pan this big. And now I'm like, I could use a pan like three times this size, <laughs> because I've learned that, you know, when you make a lot of food like that, you can feed a lot more people, or you can save it for leftovers, or you can freeze it, or whatever. So that's another example of in the home multitasking and layering. Also in homeschool, so if you're a homeschool mom, and you're doing homeschool curriculum and crafts, can you incorporate that into Sunday school? Maybe if you're a Sunday school teacher. So for me, I'm a homeschool mom, but I also teach a Sunday school class of two and three-year-olds. Actually, it's more like infant through kindergarten, but most of them are two and three. Anyway, a lot of times I will kind of incorporate the Bible lesson that we're doing in Sunday school into what we're doing at home. And one reason being that's what my kids are learning in Sunday school and so then they're more prepared week by week maybe with their catechism questions or their bible stories they know them better and then also it's just easier for me so if I'm teaching this subject in Sunday school then I can teach this subject during the week as well multitask and layer those are examples but there's many different ways you can do that 
Tip number three is cleaning, and we're going to do a whole episode on cleaning, so I'm not going to speak much to this, but I know that cleaning is a huge part of our weekly rhythms in the home. And what I typically do is I pick one day, which is Monday. However, this has switched to um, me just kind of cleaning when I can right now in this difficult season. But typically what I like to do, this is what I like to do best. So ideally, this is what I do if I'm able to, is I pick one day a week and I clean as much as I can in that day. I don't have to get everything done, but I clean as much as I can. And my kids know that this is cleaning day. So they know that they will either be kicked outside and they'll have to play outside all day. Or if, you know, weather isn't nice, they will come inside and they'll normally be confined to the family room and they can play in there. They might get a movie and they will be required to help some as well. So they might help clean baseboards or toilets or fold laundry, um, whatever their little hands are able to help with. That's what I like to do. I like to pick that one day and it's cleaning day and everyone knows about it. However, in this season of life, I am just kind of cleaning things here and there each day as I can because I don't have the energy to clean all day right now in one day and I don't really have the time to either just in the way that things are working out with our schedule. And so my tip is don't get stuck on a plan and think that you've arrived because seasons are going to change and your cleaning schedule is going to have to change with that. There's a quote that I like by Kathleen Norris and it says, but like liturgy, the work of cleaning draws much of its meaning and value from repetition. The fact that it is never completed, but only set aside until the next day. Guys, don't fall into the trap of I've finally arrived with the way that you've tidied or organized your house because that's simply a lie. You have never arrived. Something will always change. Kids will get messier. They'll get older. They'll move out. They'll move in. You'll get a pet. You'll get sick. Um, You know, a new holiday will hit. You'll have to host a family. Things are going to change. And so your cleaning schedule is going to have to change with it and you're going to have to be flexible. So it's good and fine if you even have a written out schedule plastered on your fridge. I think that's great. But don't be ruled by the schedule. Don't be ruled by the cleaning routine. And if it needs to change, step back and change it. It's that easy. Number four, my last tip, is God is the best planner. So when our weeks and our days take a turn, realize that we choose our path, but he ultimately directs our steps. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So we can do all the planning in the world, but when it comes down to it, the Lord is going to establish our steps. And so ask God, what is he doing? What does he want me to learn? And how has he called me to act in this season of life? So when your rhythm gets messed up, when the beat starts changing, when people come in and, you know, throw everything off, or when you decide to get in a tizzy, maybe your attitude gets wrong realize that the Lord establishes your steps and what is he trying to teach you. Okay, so those are my little tips and tidbits about the week. But ultimately, here's the meat of the matter. Ultimately, we should be most concerned with the divine and ordained worship of the triune God. It's the whole point of the Bible, right? From Genesis to Revelation, God is creating and redeeming a people for his glory. And so that's the whole purpose of our lives. And if that is so, it should shape our lives. And interestingly enough, God structured our weeks in a way that points to him. So we are pointing towards the Sabbath. We are pointing towards Sunday each and every week. 
We should look forward to this day, and our days should revolve around this day. This doesn't just mean, you know, worship and pray songs. It doesn't just mean listening to a sermon on your own time or doing a family devotion. It means honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy by resting from our work and doing the Lord's work, the work that God has commanded us to do on this day. And that's the organized liturgical congregational prayers, praise, preaching of the word, sacraments. It's a celebration each and every week that is laid out for us biblically. And again, liturgy means the work of the people. So we lay aside our work and we do the work of God on Sunday. So we rest from all other work. And it's the public gathering together of God's people in this holy way that is set apart. It's not in our own way that pleases us, like the strange fire offered in the Old Testament, but it's the way that pleases the Lord. So we need weekly habits that form us into more faithful worshipers of God. Worshippers that value truth and beauty and goodness, not just what's trendy or what's exhilarating. So I want to encourage you guys to be co-laborers throughout your week instead of consumers. So what are you consuming in your week? Is it healthy? Or are you being a co-laborer with Christ during your week? And are you thinking about worship week in and week out? We should be aiming our love and our desire towards God, not towards the next thing that we're going to consume because we are worshipers. We are created as worshipers and we will worship something, right? Or someone, and that should be God. So day by day, we are setting these patterns into our lives and these are shaping us and they're showing us what we worship. So what you're doing week in and week out is showing you what you're truly worshiping. And we are not just individuals, but we are a corporate people who God loves. So what does your week say about you? Are you worshiping Instagram, Facebook, shopping, your career, family, or are you worshiping the Lord your God? Is your week saturated with his word, with prayer, and with duties that are bringing him glory? And are you pointing your week towards the Sabbath, or are you living your week away from it? And are you excited about Sunday? Or are you dreading it? What do you feel about when Sunday rolls around? So worship is the key. Just as worship is the key in the daily rhythms through things like we talked about prayer, devotion, and meditation, it's also the key to our weekly rhythms. So through the gathering of God's people each and every Sunday, it may seem like it's not doing much on the surface, but it is doing everything. It is grounding us once again as finite beings, and it's reminding us that what? We're not in control, but the infinite God is, and he commands us to worship. We're not doing this out of mere duty, but we should be doing this out of love and devotion because Christ first loved us. We love him and he's called us and he's won us over. And so we worship him because of that. This weekly worship shapes us and it forms our weeks and those weeks are adding up, right? Those moments are adding up and they're starting to shape us and they're starting to form our lives. And we're going to talk more about this in our yearly rhythms episode. But guess what? It doesn't end there. These rhythms keep going and they go the whole span of our lifetime. Kathleen Norris, again, in her book, The Quotidian Mystery, says, Workaholism is the opposite of humility. I love that quote. Workaholism is the opposite of humility. And then she goes on to talk about in her book how she knows from bitter experience that her days can turn into an exhausted and an impossible chaos when she doesn't render it to God. So when she's not doing her morning devotion, her afternoon prayer, her evening reflection. So when we take the Sabbath rest out of our weekly rhythm, it becomes a self-reliant week. 
Think about that. When we busy it with our to-dos and we don't take into account God's plans, just like if we busy our day with to-dos and we're not taking time out to read his word and to put him first through prayer and meditation, it becomes self-reliant. We're busying ourselves. We're starting to slip into workaholism because we're not taking into account God's plans, but we're just putting our plans into step. And maybe you even lean the other way. Maybe you find yourself into a slump or a depression or a state of acedia. Kathleen Norris says, when we despair of praise, it's often because we've lost sight of our true role as creatures. We have tried to do too much, pretending to be in control of things that are indispensable. And that is so true. When we lose sight of who we are and who God is, we lose sight of our identity and we lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing, what we're called to do each and every day. The church isn't an option for the Christian. It is our home and it is our haven. We can run away from the church. We can be the people that say, I'm a Christian, but I don't need the church. But this only leaves us as dressed orphans. And really, we have a loving father and a loving family awaiting us. House to Home focuses on the home. And we want healthy Christian families that are shaping healthy Christian homes. But why do we want that? There's an end goal. And that end goal is that we want these healthy families and individuals to bring that into the greater family, into the church body, the body of Christ. And then the church does what? The church goes out into the world until Christ is known and until his truth covers the land like the waters cover the sea. So as Christians, we know that God didn't just die for you individually, but he died for the whole church and he is redeeming a people to himself. So we look at the big picture, not just our individual lives. And that's what your week is. It's a bigger picture. Your week isn't just about you and what you want to accomplish and what your family wants to accomplish, but it should be looking at the big picture. How is my week glorifying God? How is it bringing his name praise? And how is it putting forth the gospel throughout the nations? Because believe it or not, your little obedient life, wherever you may be, my little obedient life in Evansville, Indiana, is producing mighty fruit for the kingdom of God. And yours is as well. So this story is bigger than us. If you read your Bible, you know that. You see it. This whole story that has been written and that we are currently living is about God redeeming a people to himself through Christ for his glory. So we take time to plan Christmas and Easter. Easter was just upon us and we shopped and we cleaned and we got ready for Easter, whether you were hosting or you were preparing meals or baskets. Um, We spend time doing this. So why not spend time preparing during the week for Sunday? Why not spend time preparing for the Lord's Day every week or even just the evening before. Plan your outfits, plan your meals so your day goes smoother and it's not rushed. Pack backpacks with goodies and snacks and waters for your kids to have during worship. Get some good books about church to read to your kids or books for even yourself. We just gave away two of these for house to home for their giveaway this or for the giveaway this month. So those are two great books. Um, We'll have more book recommendations on the interview with Pastor William Hill. He'll give us some Sabbath recommendations. But I promise that as you 
read your scriptures and as you apply this honoring the Sabbath to your week, you will find your week being more blessed and even more structured and more restful. So this interview that I'm going to have with our pastor is one that you'll want to listen to. I promise you'll be challenged. He is a pretty strict Sabbatarian. He has even challenged our thinking, Um, but it's good. It's good to hear about others on this subject, and then you can take what he says, and you can pray about it, and you can weigh them against the scriptures, and you can ask God to show you his truth and to figure out how this is going to look for your family, how you're going to be able to best honor the Sabbath in your home, and how you're going to be able to structure your week. Again, no two families are going to look the same when it comes to rhythms. So your weekly rhythm will be unique, just like your household is unique, but we can all find the common truth around God's word, and we can shine that forth through what we do each and every day. So the gloom of the week cannot override the glory of the resurrection we celebrate each Sunday. So if you have had a bad week this week, please look forward to Sunday. You have been granted a new start, and really every moment can be easily turned around to point back to Christ. Easter was just upon us, and we remembered the life that Jesus lived, his crucifixion, but most importantly, we remembered his resurrection. And the amazing thing is, we celebrate Easter every single Sunday as Christians. It's not set to just one day a year, but it's every week we celebrate that resurrection. We rejoice in the hope of the resurrection and we live in light of it. So carry this truth with you, not just in the Easter season, but all year long. This month's giveaway is brought to you by Hetzel & Harmony. Hetzel & Harmony is a small jewelry business founded by Jasmine Hetzel, who is a wife and mother with a strong passion for Jesus and turquoise. This month, we are giving away a beautiful turquoise necklace that she handmade herself. It has a small dove on it, and it's coming just in time for Mother's Day. Every piece is created truly from the heart. She uses all natural materials from metals to feathers, beads, and stone. And the goal with H&H is to create one-of-a-kind pieces that can be passed down through the generations. How neat is that? So please go check out her business, consider supporting, and definitely enter to win. You can find our original post on our Instagram page. Good luck!